It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome to the BBC Country Farm Magazine podcast. I'm Fergus Collins, your host today. In this episode, I visit Magor Marsh, a wetland that is part of the Gwent Levels in southeast Wales. It was a completely new area for me to explore, and I'd heard that some wonderful wildlife thrives there. I was very lucky to have Gemma Bode as my guide. Gemma works for the Gwent Wildlife Trust, which owns and manages the site. And she showed me some of the natural wonders to be found there. She also spoke about a major threat to reserve and much of the wider Gwent levels. This is one of the most important areas of uh, floodplain grazing marsh and uh, reen systems in the UK. So it's very similar, similar to the Somerset levels. So it lies below sea level. And so it's managed to prevent flooding through a system of reens and field ditches. Um, and then grips. So there's a three-tier drainage system. So the grips are in the field, so they're lines, a bit like ridge and furrow, really. The grips drain into the field ditches, which are the landowner's responsibility to manage, and then the field ditches drain into the main rings. So which the, the fields are organised, uh, like corrugated? In yeah, corrugated that's exactly so right, yeah. Drains off, yeah. And so the main reams are managed by Natural Resources Wales and kept clear. Um, and in that way, the, the land theoretically doesn't flood. It doesn't and, flood it, and it doesn't the, flood. And, that, and the people around here are happy. Yes, so, yeah. So, but obviously this is full of little lilies and water weed. And yeah. So does, the, does it have to be? I mean, the area, there's, there's six triple SIs that cover the, the whole of the Grant levels from Chepstow right across to Cardiff. Um, so there's these six uh, sites of special scientific interest. Um, over 5,000 hectares of grazing marsh that's designated, but really the interest, much of the interest lies in the field ditches and the uh, 
the reeds and the not only the rare plants that are found here, but the aquatic uh, invertebrate assemblages we get in these reeds. So they're like a thick soup of biodiversity. Thick soup, excellent. And so, um, and we're putting up apples. Well, there's apples on rafts for for the, the newly reintroduced water bowls. Yeah, that we we um, no newly reintroduced. When were they reintroduced? So we embarked on a reintroduction program back in 2012 because um, we hadn't had any water bowl records since about 2001. So they'd completely disappeared, mainly to do with the American mink, but some. Also to do with the habitat loss as well. And, right. Um, so is that due to agriculture or development? Um, or? It's mainly development. Newport City lies in the middle of the Gwent Levels, right. and it's constantly the, the levels is under threat from from growth from the from Newport City. So what species are? Apart, we've talked about water voles briefly, but what are the real key species that? So, um, a, a the rare things. That, yeah, that's... so we've got a really good population of otters here, uh, really important wading birds within the Seven Estuary and um, on the levels itself, red shank, curlew, lapwings. Um, and then we have a really good population of the very rare shulcarder bee as well, um, that, that's quite um, extensive across the levels. And we've also had visiting over the past four or five years um cranes as well now from oh, they the, come from somerset from the yeah, somerset right. reintroduction project and they've been nesting uh and breeding successfully in, in one of the years here yeah not at oh. mega but um we'll pass the area where they've been seen but unfortunately it's right in the path of the proposed motorway right okay that's um could that work in your favor uh, <laughs> so we've got the crane in the way of the motorway. Well, we, we have obviously underlined, yeah, that the mm. cranes are unfortunately right in, in the way of the motorway. All right, let's talk about the motorway then. So um, it's a spur for the M4, is yes. that right? Yeah. And how far along? So wh where is it going to go first? So it all? comes from Mega off the M4 at Mega, roughly. So just past the Severn Bridge. Yeah, and then veers across the Gwent Levels and then south of um of newport right okay. and then rejoins the m4 a bit further up and what's the argument for it i mean you, i know you're arguing against it but what's the so the argument for it is the uh congestion on the on the m4 is holding back economic generation on the uh right, for southeast wales right okay um and how much of this how much of the Gwent levels would be lost then if um, there's about 125 hectares that would be lost, about five kilometres of the ditch, the nationally important ditch and ream network that would be lost. Um, and not forgetting the, the Gwent levels are also a landscape of outstanding historic interest as well. This landscape's a man-made landscape, so it's slowly been reclaimed from the sea over thousands of years. So it's incredibly rich in archaeology as well as biodiversity. Mm. Um, and so it's not just this mar mega marsh here that's how much of this marsh would be lost so yeah we we lose part of our mega marsh reserve um a couple of acres we will lose is the the road clips the so it's only going to corner. go through the northern tip so we're not going to lose this whole marsh no here. but of course wildlife isn't just within our nature reserve no, no um it affects four of the nationally important uh triple si's on the levels as well um and goes right across those um, and there is no real way to mitigate for something so destructive as that. No. And it's an aquatic system as well. So um, 
it's very it will be very difficult to prevent pollution um, within the ditch and coming off system. six lanes of a, of a new new motorway. Um, and all, um, some mitigation measures include uh, culverts under the motorway to so maintain connections. So otters and, and animals can yeah, move through. Yeah, but of course yeah. these culverts are only a metre in diameter maximum, mm. but they're 100 metres long and water voles will not travel that far up a culvert. So actually it, it will prevent... Uh, movement and connectivity right across the levels for a huge range of species. So basically it's going to cut off the north and south of the levels. Yeah, it will and isolate. And we've already lost hundreds of hectares of the Gwent levels through the steelworks development about 50 plus years ago. Right. Um, so it's not like this is a new development. We're constantly having the habitat chipped away at over the years. Mm. And so this is another one on top of everything that's continually isolating these pockets of habitats that in isolation, the species cannot survive. So what do you say to the people, obviously, so wildlife will suffer and the biodiversity and then a lot of historical interest will be lost. But what do you say to the people who are stuck on traffic on the M4 who, um, and you know, South Wales, parts of South Wales are very deprived. Um, this obviously is an argument to bring economic life back to some of the valleys and some of the parts of South Wales that are suffering. What do you say to people who say, well, why uh, humans more important than wildlife? Our natural world is a huge amount of amount for us. You know, this landscape, essentially the way it is, it prevents the big city of Newport and the villages around it from flooding currently. Um, the new motorway proposal will at maximum save people between eight minutes, eight to ten minutes Re maximum. Really? Is that is that the official... And it's uh, one point four billion pound plus being spent on the motorway um it's literally seven minutes, eight minutes yeah. it, it's literally just like making your belt bigger to solve obesity issues right more roads create more traffic and in this modern day and age we shouldn't be encouraging people to get into their cars to travel so we're standing on a bridge over one of these reens and the water's crystal clear and there's this lovely water weed it's like horn wort and um Little tiny lily pads. They're like the size of a 50p piece. We have um, so a pot, um, pond dipper's dream. In this soup of life, we also have the world's smallest flowering plant, Wolfia ariza, within um, the plants that float on top. Um, the world's smallest flowering plant? <laughs> the world's smallest flowering plant, yeah. Can't um, build a motorway over this. <laughs> so, how likely is it to go ahead? What's the current? Well, we just. Back in spring, we um, finished the public inquiry where Grant Wildlife Trust were heavily involved in presenting our case against the motorway. And we didn't just concentrate on the biodiversity interests. We looked at the uh, sustainability elements, um, the, the transport issues, um, a whole wide ranging, the pollution, the air, air quality um, issues as well, and presented that case to the inspector. Um, and the inspector's now gone away and will present his report and his, his opinion on whether it should go ahead, possibly in, in autumn. Right, okay. and so, so he presents that, hear something next. yeah, okay. to the minister, who will then make a decision. Yeah, are there, as far as I can remember, there are alternative routes proposed. Is there one that you would favour? Um, there are alternative routes, yeah. There's certainly some that are less damaging. Um, but why, we, we why are they less, is it cheaper to put it through the levels? 
Is that the idea? That it's, it's the cheapest route? Or? I definitely don't think it would be the cheapest route now. Right, so why, no. why, why, why are people determined that this is the favoured route, isn't it? Is that right? This is definitely the favoured route, yeah, and this is what the public inquiry concentrated on, Ooh. yeah. Um, so there are less damaging routes, some of them using existing roads. Okay, um, just widening the existing... Yeah, and using in, in existing um, infrastructure that's around Newport. And we also we have the to workers. think about the air pollution issues as well. I mean, there's there's two or three secondary schools right in the route mm. in Newport that will be within hundreds of metres of the new road. Mm. Let's have a look at some of the more some of the marsh and see what might be lost. Because this is typical of lots of other areas along the yeah. line of the motorway, well, yeah. great levels. Yeah. So um, this is um, a line, the line of Willow here. Um, the tradition goes that this is called the Monk's Walk. Right. Um, and it's thought that it, it's, well, it's in line with the the abbey in Mega. Um, is there still an abbey or ruins? There's in ruins Mager? of the abbey in Mega, yeah. yeah. And then um, it, the saying goes that the willow um, was put down to keep the monks' feet dry. <laughs> right, and this okay. is why this line of willows um, persists at, at this point. So who owned this land before? Great so Wildlife Trust. Well, this is it. our oldest um, nature reserve. So we've owned this since 1964. Was it farmland before? Um, it's it's basically part of the back fen, this area. Right. So this is one of the wettest areas on the levels. And so if the water, if the sea in the Seven Estuary tops the seawall, um, then the water will run all the way to here because of the, okay. the lie of the land. <clears throat> it dips down at this point. So this is a sort of Backstop for flat, as you said earlier, for yeah. flat loose stripe. I haven't seen that Yeah, beautiful. So now we manage it. Um, what we're trying to create is a mosaic of habitats and mosaic of, of management as well. So we um, hay cut and aftermath graze some areas. We'll leave some areas all the way through the year long. We um, are restoring the uh, willow pollards, which are a feature of the levels. Um, and then creating, not creating, sustaining these areas of willow car as well. So we can try and ensure there's a huge a range of um, habitat types. I think they are probably... Oh! <laughs> oh, did you get it? Oh, yeah, well done. You let him, let him out of the cage. Every time you forget how beautiful they are. As we've been talking, the hired kingfisher came and settled on a perch just outside the window, and uh, which is quite a lucky event. And he's just sitting on the far side, so I think there's lots of shoals of what look like roach in there. So we're on another little bridge over a reen with a half-eaten apple on a raft, listening for waterfalls. So we have a, um, a network of these monitoring rafts uh, right across the reserve, so we can we can just keep an eye on how they're doing. And they're doing all right, waterfalls here, yeah? Yeah, they... Since you reintroduced them eight yeah, years ago? Yeah, they so were doing... Six years ago. Yeah, five, six years ago, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they're doing really well. I mean, it's perfect habitat for them. Um, we also monitor the American mink that were quite extensive right across the landscape, but they've... Um, they've gone down in population quite dramatically now, which is good. Due to trapping and... And dispatching, yeah, yeah, by a... a a large number of landowners but also we, we also uh, have to do that as well we yeah. shouldn't be given the license to reintroduce so trap them and shoot them is that the way you do it? Yeah, yeah by license yeah. then 
and that just allows the natural uh, food chain to restore itself. Yeah, so American mink are obviously non-native. They escaped from fur farms, not necessarily from the anti-fur protesters that everyone thinks why they escaped. Actually, what happened every year is the fur farmers would have to make a guess on the colour of fur in the next season's Oh, uh, fashion, fashion. Oh. and so if they got the, the their guess wrong, and they'd have hundreds of mink the wrong colour, they would literally just open the doors and let them escape. Really? Because so they weren't going to feed them because the fur was pretty much worthless. It's always blamed on animal rights people, but yeah. actually that's, that's it's a, probably that's a combination of both. Right, yeah. But so obviously the non, the mink the mink are non-native, oh. and um, unfortunately they're able to, they're the only predator that are able to follow a waterfall down its hole. Right. So we have native species that waterfalls are part of, and they're a key part in the food chain, mm. especially in a habitat like this. So the barn owls love them, the, the otters will eat them as well, but none of those can follow them down their, their burrows. Yeah, so they're not safe when there's mink around. So when there's mink, they've had it, and that's how come the population's been so decimated. How long is this boardwalk? I'm going to record this. Ten years. Ten years. So we spent yeah. thousands on it. it. Supposedly has a lifetime guarantee, and these levelers have spent so many hours fixing but, it because it buckles, it splits. So what's the problem with it? Pardon? It's what's, not, what's the problem with it? Well, well it's, see the washing year now. It, yeah. It's all it's all split now. And these are recycled plastic. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's not, not great. It's pulling apart now. So yeah. I mean, the boat then eventually will crack it all the way down. Oh, this yeah, will sink okay. then, break the boards on top, and it's continually right. moving. So it's an ongoing process, like yeah. painting the fourth bridge. You do a section, <laughs> and then twelve months time, you've got to do it again because it's subsided, you know, and. Uh, with people, well, obviously, it uh, wears and the uh, plastic becomes brittle without the violet on it, you know, and all yeah. the rest of it. Oh, so, interesting. Um, so it was just sold, repair it best we can, you know. Sold to you as a life loss. Nice and guarantee, and then the company went bust. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> a lesson was learned there. Keep, it keeps us occupied. Keeps you lads you know, busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we're about 15, 20 levellers that help out here every Wednesday. The levellers, right. And yeah. we couldn't do the huge amount of work that we do on this reserve without them. They're absolutely key to managing this nature reserve. So we need to find you some better material to work with. Well, we oh, put in wood in now to oh, strengthen okay. the, the plastic oh, yeah, okay. Good old fashioned wood mm. instead of this you know. newfangled, yeah. old fangled plastic. Yeah. No, it wasn't very successful at all really. <laughs> and, uh... What would you be doing if you weren't fixing this boardwalk today? I don't know what we'd be doing really today, I know. Uh, I know brush cutting all around the edges and all that. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and then they want to build an otter yeah. pen, don't they? We're cutting the grass up in the Abbeville group. I work in the Abbeville group as well, okay. and over in Trellick. And uh, generally it's, it's grass cutting this time of year, all preparing yeah, so. fences and so there's plenty of jobs to keep oh yeah generally. we never yeah. thought of a job in this need... time of year we don't have to disturb the wildlife though so you yeah. can't do it can't do too much no this is the kind of thing that's ideal you know? and are you looking for more volunteers to join you or oh, always, always i think yeah. we're all, we're yeah, all getting yeah, on right now as long as we're going <laughs> and that's a bit worrying they put the defibrillator up now <laughs> <laughs>
who's going to be the first one that's going to be here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you agree to get You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit worrying, really. Yeah. <laughs> but, but ideally, you know, you, it's lovely to see the groups that most, every time I come down, there's a group of young children from the school, to, you know, in the ponds. And to educate young children in, in the environment, the importance of the environment is so vital to me, you know. I mean, what the world is facing with pollution, the plastics going into the ocean, everything is critical, you know, and people should be educated. So, to, you know, and you're chuck, they're chucking litter everywhere, which is beyond me. Yeah. Well, good luck mending this fourth road bridge. <laughs> We've only got another mile to go. Thanks, <laughs> anyway. Bye bye. Bye. I had a brilliant day at Mago Marsh, and I'd like to say a big thank you to Gemma Bode and Sarah Harris from the Gwent Wildlife Trust for looking after me so well. I've since contacted the Welsh Government to try to understand the M4 Relief Road plans in more detail, and put a few questions to their spokesperson. Here's what they had to say. So what are the economic benefits of the Welsh Assembly's choice of relief road options? The M4 project would improve the economic performance and attractiveness of Wales as a place to do business, live and visit, helping to attract and retain skilled jobs and investment, with the cascading socioeconomic benefits that brings to our communities, both local to the scheme and further afield. The economic benefits of the scheme are set out in a detailed business case which has been scrutinised by independent inspectors at a year-long public inquiry. The project would undoubtedly require a significant infrastructure investment, but every £1 spent would return over £2 for Wales. The direct economics are only part of the benefits. The project would invest over £50 million in environmental measures, including 110 hectares of new woodland. Work is ongoing to look at how these environmental areas can best deliver cross-cutting benefits, such as opening them up for public access and increasing amenity value. Why was this particular route through the Gwent levels chosen? Is it the cheapest option? Between 2010 and 2012, the Welsh Government ran a comprehensive engagement programme that considered more than 100 possible measures in packages including network improvements, travel planning, demand management and alternative modes of transport. Four major road intervention options were considered around 2012, including a new road, widening of the existing M4 and widening of the other existing roads. These options were considered in the context of packages including public transport improvements and complementary measures to encourage the use of public transport and active travel. This process was commended by the Welsh Climate Change Commission for Wales for the way it involved a wide range of stakeholders. Between 2013 and 2015, a strategic environmental assessment further considered the proposals and its alternatives at the highest possible level. Recognising our environmental duties, the scope of the scheme was refined and significant environmental measures embedded, such as a bridge crossing the River Usk in the most environmentally sensitive way possible, avoiding impact on the special area of conservation. This process was successfully scrutinised at a judicial review. Alternative options have again been costed and appraised at the recent public inquiry. Independent inspectors have openly and robustly scrutinised whether the proposed scheme is the sustainable, long-term solution to the social, cultural, environmental and economic problems associated with this gateway to Wales. How much will the project cost? The estimated cost of the scheme is £1.32 billion, excluding VAT and inflation, and inclusive of the risk allowances and costs of environmental measures. When I spoke to the Gwent Wildlife Trust, they claimed the new road would save just eight minutes driving time on average. How much do you claim it would save drivers? 
Theoretical journey time savings, of course, vary dependent on time of day and levels of congestion, ranging from a small saving in the middle of the night to much higher in the rush hours and far higher at times of all too regular accidents on the road, or when a major cultural event takes place, such as music concerts or bank holidays. As well as the delay impacts on car and van users, it's important to also bear in mind the current delays to public transport journeys as a result of the M4 problems. For example, congestion often seriously delays bus services on the local road network when traffic filters to avoid the motorway. Time is, of course, very important to people, and this is why integration of our public transport infrastructure is key to making trips as efficient as possible. The M4 project includes new junctions linking the strategic road network to both existing and proposed public transport links and park and ride sites. How concerned is the Welsh Government about loss and fragmenting of nationally important wetland areas? Environmentally designated sites are, of course, very important. Selection of routes and the environmental measures required for a scheme take them into account very seriously. The M4 project would require less than 2% of the Gwent level sites of special scientific interest, and the route has been located as far north as possible on the edges of them, with over half of it running on brownfield or contaminated land. It is important to note that the Maygall Marsh Nature Reserves would not be significantly affected by the scheme, and the Newport Wetlands Reserve would be over two kilometres from it. The Welsh Government has carefully considered its proposals for road drainage, safe handling of contaminated materials and maintenance of water quality and quantity across the levels. We've worked with National Resources Wales to develop robust designs, including monitoring and funding commitments for the future. What mitigation processes are being planned? Potential negative impacts on the Gwent levels and its triple SIs have been carefully considered. The route of the road skirts the northern edge of the triple SI, with over half on Brownfield land. Ecology teams would carefully create new ecological habitats. Innovation has been integral, with water treatment using natural reed beds and a 440-metre bridge designed to avoid any impact on otter or migratory fish within the River Usk special area of conservation. In terms of wildlife, the Welsh Government, in collaboration with National Resources Wales and RSPB, to provide alternative areas of habitat, as well as implementing a wide range of protection and enhancement measures relating to many species of flora and fauna. A SSSI mitigation strategy provides for mitigation at three large local sites. In each case, arable land would be converted to permanent grassland, existing grassland would be enhanced for biodiversity, and former ditches which have been infilled would be reinstated. A wide range of mitigation plans and measures have been presented and subject to the scrutiny of independent inspectors at the public inquiry. What about public transport, especially rail? Why isn't that being enhanced to take the burden? We cannot rely on one strand of transport in isolation. Even in the face of continued financial austerity, we are funding the delivery of a South Wales metro, the development of a North East Wales metro, a ports development fund, the development of a third Menai crossing, investment in active travel measures and more sustainable bus services. The recent award of the innovative New South Wales metro franchise will undoubtedly see transformational change in our public transport network. However, public transport enhancements alone cannot solve the problems associated with the M4 around Newport. Both the M4 project and public transport enhancements are vital components of our strategy for a long-term sustainable transport network. So what happens next? Well, in late February, a Welsh government spokesman told us that The First Minister has now received the 558-page report on the M4 project, prepared by the independent inspector following the public inquiry, as well as the technical advice that officials have been carefully preparing over the last few months. 
He will now take the time to read and consider that report and the advice that accompanies it carefully and pursue any questions arising from that advice. We will be keeping a close eye on this decision and report in full when we hear any more news. I'd like to say a big thank you to Hannah Tribe for providing the voice of the Welsh Government spokesperson. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find plenty more of them on iTunes, Acast and other podcast providers. Simply search for BBC Country Farm magazine and please subscribe. For more about the British countryside, including walks, rural news and exclusive stories from the Countryfile TV programme, please visit our website, countryfile.com. This has been a podcast for BBC Countryfile magazine. Thanks so much for listening.